What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Okay, Chrissy, I'll get in the tub with you, then we can get it on. Give hands to me, I'll show you what to do. This isn't exactly the first time I've ever done this. Maybe so, but girls are better at this than boys. Come on, Chrissy, a little less talk and a little more action, okay? I don't think it'll reach. Of course not, you've got to unfold it first. Mr. Farley, what are you doing? Never mind what I'm doing. What are they doing? Nothing. Oh, don't give me that. I heard. What is going on in here? Don't act so innocent. I know what's what. But how'd you get your clothes on so fast? Excuse me. What is he talking about? I don't know. Jack, are you going to help me or not? Aha! I know what you were doing. Putting up a shower curtain? That's right. (laughs) Shower curtain? Of course, what'd you think we were doing? Well, it sounded like you were... (gasps) (laughs) Mr. Burley, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Why, what'd he do? Hello, and welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, the trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I am Zabe, the host of the show, and I'm very excited to be back with our third format of the show that we have recently added to the podcast. Games like Mario Brothers, Joust, and of course Galaga had small mini-games built in to give the players a quick change of pace during play and keep things interesting. So that's what this is, a short version of the podcast that we can release in between regular episodes of the show and the home games, where it's just the listeners versus the podcast to see how many points you can get. No prizes or ranks, just a quick mini-game to satisfy that nostalgic itch of the pop culture of Generation X. We will also use this time to solve power struggles from previous episodes, as well as giving you a chance to save Generation X from being forgotten in a special guest host segment of the show. More on that in a moment. But for now, let's get right into the game that we call Who Will Save Generation X? Challenging Stage. Here's how the game works. We will have three fast-paced rounds of games for you to play and score points. In round three, we have a special guest host take over the show to quiz me for five questions. If you can get more correct than I can, then you're invited to use our website voicemail system to mock me endlessly. You're a neo-maxi-zoom dweeby. Or better yet, use that voicemail to call in and take over as host for a moment and ask me a trivia question that we can use on an upcoming episode. Just go to our website and click on the blue microphone icon and leave us a trivia question. It's 100% free to use and it can be accessed by any device that has an internet connection and a microphone. So let's get going and save Generation X from being forgotten. Round one. We're going to premiere a brand new game this episode of the Challenging Stage. 
You can't talk about Gen X pop culture and not devote a huge chunk of it to the movies that we watched. Gen Xers love their movies, and it's a safe bet you do too if you're listening to this podcast. We discovered movies by having our parents drop us off at the mall to get rid of us for a few hours while we movie hopped, or by browsing the new releases at Blockbuster, or by simply flipping through our cable channels to see what high-quality films were on after everyone had gone to bed and there was nobody to monitor what we were watching. Just saying. However, the best way to discover a new movie was by word of mouth from a trusted source. Frankly, that's still the best way. Word of a hit movie spread like wildfire at school the day after it came out, and some of us may have been lucky enough to even have an older sibling that liked to talk to us about the movies that they love. But even if all that passed you by growing up, you still had access every weekend to learn about new movies coming out from these two guys. I'm Gene Siskel of the Chicago Tribune. And I'm Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times. Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert are without a doubt the most well-known movie critics, not only of Generation X, but of all time. They were giving us their thumbs up or thumbs down recommendation about movies way before anything was ever certified fresh or before any number of talking heads could be found on YouTube giving us their two cent reviews. Siskel and Ebert were on TV with a PBS show called Sneak Previews back in the 70s and then went on to their own show at the movies into the 80s and up until the time of both of their deaths. Each weekend we could tune in and get an education about films by these two experts, but often we would just watch to see them argue and rip the movie to pieces. The movie looks to me as if they started shooting at just about the point they should have started rewriting the script. To honor these iconic stars of Sneak Previews, we are going to play a game in which you will listen to selected parts of a review from Siskel and Ebert, and then you will have to name the title of the movie that they are reviewing. We call this game Sneak Reviews. Thanks to fan favorite Dr. Robert for coming up with the title of this game. Here's clip one. Please tell me the title of the film being reviewed here. The movie begins with the crew of the Starship Enterprise being called back to the ship on an emergency basis, which means, of course, we find them in the midst of their shore leave on Earth. And here are Kirk, Spock, and Bones on vacation in the single silliest scene in all of Star Trek history. Row, row your boat gently down the stream. Row, merrily, 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 gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 merrily. Light. Come on, Spock. Why didn't you jump in? I was trying to comprehend the meaning of the words. And if you think they don't practice that until they get it right, you're wrong. Clip 2 drops several hints of the title of the film being reviewed. Take a listen and name the title of this film. That's Tiny Lister as Zeus in a Rocky versus Mr. T ripoff. The character of Rip, played by Hulk Hogan, isn't much fun. The big fight between Rip and Zeus is quite dull. Sometimes when you put what already is a parody up on the big screen, it falls flat. Nothing was added to the TV wrestling matches to make this movie special, save for Joan Severance, who gets, I guess, some kind of badge for having to walk through a picture and try to make some sense of it. It's a really awful kind of film. The people who watch Hulk Hogan on television and little kids who have the Hulk Hogan character right. and they go to see this movie are just going to be offended and, and disappointed in it. What Hulk or his advisors have done is taken a multi-million dollar image here and really trashed it better than anybody else could do it for them. Here's the last reviewed film to be named brought to you by the great Siskel and Ebert. 
one more recycled version of the ancient movie formula about the war between rebellious young people and hidebound authoritarian adults and the one good teacher who's on their side. We know that free spirits always get shot down on these movies, and so even the so-called surprises are predictable. The movie has a scene of tragedy that's supposed to be moving, but I didn't see it as a spontaneous act of despair. It seemed more like a requirement of the plot. And when the beloved English professor gets in trouble, somehow I just knew that his students were going to stand on their desks in protest just like he told them to. This is a movie about a man who says, dare to be different, and I wish the movie had taken the same dare. I liked it more than you did. I um, had a problem with what I considered the same thing, this formula ending and the tragedy that's going to resolve uh, as a kid is caught in the tug-of-war between the liberating teacher and the restrictive parent. Now that we've heard all the clips, let's get the correct answers from the legends themselves. Score yourself one point for each correct answer. Now let's recap the movies we reviewed on this show. Neither one of us cared for Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, easily the worst film in the series. Two more downturn thumbs for No Holds Barred, which trashes the normally joyful, campy presence of wrestler Hulk Hogan. A split vote on the formula good teacher, bad parent drama, Dead Poet Society, starring Robin Williams. Roger was bored by the formula. I enjoyed watching the community of inspired students. That's it for this week, but we'll be back next week with reviews of more new movies, including Do the Right Thing, which is Spike Lee's controversial new film about racial tensions exploding one hot summer day in Brooklyn. That's next week, and until then, the balcony is closed. Round two. Round two of this episode is our Spotlight Trivia Round. We will dive into one Gen X topic to quiz you on. Each complete correct answer is worth two points if you know it outright, but if you need the multiple choice, then it is worth only one point. I'll ask the question and then circle back with the answers at the end of the round. Good luck! The spotlight topic for this episode is the beloved TV sitcom Three's Company. The show centered around the misadventures of two women and one man living in one apartment and their wacky neighbors. The show lasted for 172 episodes, so there was a lot of trivia to pick from. But to make things easier for you on this episode, we are only going to ask trivia from that one episode where there was a simple misunderstanding that took 30 minutes of innuendo and double entendres to resolve. It's my favorite episode. Question number one. What was the name of Jack's Bistro Restaurant that he opened and was the head chef? Two points if you know it right now, but for one point, here are your multiple choice options. Was it A, Froggies, B, Babettes, C, La Grande Cuisine, D, Jack's Bistro, or was it E, Regal Beagle 2, Electric Boogaloo? Question number two. What is the first name of Mr. Furley's tightwad brother who owned the building? Give me his name right now and score two points, but if you need the multiple choice options for one point, here they are now. Is it A, Bart, B, Homer, C, Ralph, D, Barney, or is it E, Apu Nahasapima Petalam? Question number three. What California coastal city did the three roommates live in? If you can name this exotic beach town right now, you will score two points. If you need the multiple choice, you will only get one point. No cheating. Is it A, Santa Monica, B, Santa Barbara, C, Santa Margarita, D, Santa Cruz, or is it E, Victorville? Question number four. Three's Company main cast went through several overhauls during the lifetime of the show, which means Jack Tripper had a lot of roommates over the years. 
how many total roommates did Jack Tripper have as members of the main cast of Three's Company during the 172 episode run? You'll score two points if you get the answer correct right now, but one point if you need the following multiple choice options. Is it A, four roommates? B, five? C, six? Or is it D, 69? 69, dudes! And finally, question number five. What was Chrissy's father's occupation? Chrissy's father had a job. What was it? Is it any of these multiple choice one point answers? Is it A, a farmer, B, a reverend, C, a retired baseball player, D, a navigator on a spice freighter, or is it E, the inventor of the thigh master? Great legs. Thank you. How do you get them? I used to do aerobics till I dropped, then I found thigh master. I thought I'd never fit into these jeans again. Thank you, thigh master. I recommend it and use it. Thigh master, we may not have been born with great legs, but now we can look like we were. Now that you had a little time to think about the questions, here are the answers. What was the name of Jack's Bistro that he opened and was head chef? It was called Jack's Bistro, which was option D. Jack's Bistro was the name absently given by Mr. Furley after the suggestions Froggies, Babettes, Voulez-vous, and La Grande Cuisine all failed to impress Jack. But I bet if the judges were there to offer him the suggestion of Regal Beagle 2 Electric Boogaloo, he would have jumped at that one. What was the name of Mr. Furley's tightwad brother who owned the building? The correct answer was option A, Bart Furley. Bart Furley is the hard-hearted, backstabbing, mean-spirited, and ruthlessly cruel brother of Ralph Furley and owned the Hacienda Palms Apartments. Bart was played by veteran character and voiceover star Hamilton Camp. You may not recognize his face, but if you watch cartoons or play video games at all over the past four decades, then you have heard his voice. He can be heard here told to go on a diet by the other Smurfs as he plays the role of Greedy Smurf, who is portrayed as an overweight Smurf, but looks the exact same size as all the rest of the Smurfs. Papa Smurf! Papa Smurf! Greedy, what's wrong? The other Smurfs say I'm too heavy. Now, now, Greedy, sit down and Smurf me all about. See, Papa Smurf? He is heavy! You need to go on a diet, Greedy. Yeah! What about just Smurfing fat shamers? What California coastal city did the three roommates live in? The correct answer, of course, was Santa Monica. All the other options were lovely places to live in California, with the exception of Victorville, which is called by the judges, and I quote, the smelly armpit of California. No way Jack, Janet, and the blonde one are going to live there over beautiful Santa Monica. How many total roommates did Jack Tripper have as members of the main cast of Three's Company? Jack's roommates were Janet, Chrissy, Terry, and Cindy, which means option A, four roommates, is the correct answer. Terry did have a pet hamster named Harry that moved in with her, but Harry was not a main cast member, so all of you who counted Harry and guessed five fell for our trap. Suckers! The final question of the round was, what was Chrissy's father's occupation? The correct answer is B, a reverend. Option D, a navigator on a spice freighter, was what Uncle Owen told Luke about his dad in Star Wars. And option E, the inventor of the thigh master, was also incorrect. Suzanne Summers, who played Chrissy on Three's Company, may not have invented the Thighmaster, but on top of being the spokesperson for it, she was also able to purchase the brand and made over $300 million from that business venture. For someone who played a big dummy on TV, 
She's actually a pretty smart person. Next, we'll move on to round three. But before we do that, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Stay tuned as Jack tries to juggle four dates at the same time on Three's Company. Next. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, have you ever thought about giving us a review on the podcast platform that you found us? We have been giving shout outs to those who write reviews about the show on this segment in hopes of encouraging others to join them. And well, we sure did find one listener on Apple Podcasts who gave us a one star review. A now former listener wrote a review saying that they were pulling their support from the show based on an ad that they heard during an episode. I never heard the ad that they are referring to. But it was clearly political in nature, and they felt they could not support a podcast that supported this political topic. Look, clearly this topic hit a nerve with this listener, and I have no problem with taking your support to whatever alliance with your beliefs. However, it should be noted that myself, Robin, and the judges have nothing to do with the ads that are played on this podcast, except the ones that I personally read on the show, and I have never read anything about the political message that was run by this third-party ad. The ads are selected by our podcast hosting site, and they're distributed based on the listener's geographic region. McDonald's doesn't email me to discuss giving me a free McRib if I play a 30-second spot on the show. It would be rad if they did, but they don't. I have contacted our podcast host and asked that ads that have some sort of political agenda not be included on our podcast. The show has been, and always will be, about the fun nostalgia of Gen X and not about beating some political drum. We get enough of that in our day-to-day lives. And I think you'll all agree that it's nice to know that you have a place here where you can avoid all that noise. Podcast reviews are a big deal. And if people don't like the show for its content, that's one thing. But to get put on notice for something we had no control over, it's pretty weak. If you would like to leave us a positive review to balance the scales a little, we would appreciate it and would love to give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. Sorry to take up so much time here talking about one misinformed review. We don't normally have this kind of conversation on the show, but the judges thought it important to note that we don't run the ads and let you guys, our listeners, know about that. You know, looking back, I I guess I could have just saved everyone a little bit of time and let the most politically correct movie of all time, Blazing Saddles, say for me the message that I'm trying to get across here. Mongo only pawn in game of life. And now we present Three's Company, tonight's episode, Upstairs, Downstairs, Downstairs. The plot is thickened as we now join Three's Company in progress. Round three. I'm the guy who normally asks the questions, but in this segment, we're going to turn things around and have one of our listeners ask the questions to see if I can do my part to save Generation X. Our special guest host this episode is a friend of the show. Please welcome back, David Bobko Bobke. Bobo. Thanks for coming on the show, Bobo. 
Thank you for having me, of course, Zabe. I've got an intensely busy schedule, but I managed to carve some time out specifically for this. And I feel slightly guilty for some of the questions that I gave you because I didn't think I was going to do as well on the show when I was there. But yeah, you dominated. I think you only missed one question. What's done is done. Yeah. See, I gave you super easy questions knowing that you're going to quiz me. And clearly you would give me easy questions and not give me some impossible things that would make me look like a fool on my own podcast. So let's see what kind of nice guy you are. (laughs) Well, that's hopeful thinking. Hopeful thinking. (laughs) So on that note, I now refer to my script. Zabe, I'm about to ask you five questions. Four of them are planned out ahead of time, but at some point I'm going to tell you to choose your own adventure. I'm going to give you two options for that question. It's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure, but it's more of a pick-your-poison kind of a thing when we get to that one. But, well, you'll see when we get there. I'm excited. This sounds rad. All right. That's it, Zabe. Question number one. This is a TV question I have titled, State of Your Trivia, Mate. Who doesn't love the State of the Union address? How could anyone not love a boring man standing in front of a boring podium giving a boring speech? especially when you can't watch your favorite primetime TV shows because the boring speech is on every darn channel. Well, perhaps you try to make the best of it and see if you can find anything interesting in their boring speech. And herein lies your first question. In the 1986 State of the Union Address, President Ronald Reagan optimistically quoted which 1985 hit movie, and I will give you multiple choice if you so desire. Uh, yeah. I mean, in 1986, I was watching He-Man. I didn't give a darn about the uh, State of the Union address. All right. Here are your options. A, Back to the Future. B, Raiders of the Lost Ark. C, Rocky IV. Or D, Rambo First Blood Part Two. I have some memory of him being a fan of Back to the Future. I'm some that That's rattling around in my brain for some reason. Um, But I'm going to go with Back to the Future. You're a smarter man than you think you are. Back to the Future is correct. Woohoo! And Reagan used the quote. As they said in the film, Back to the Future, where are we going? We don't need roads. Which is good because, at least in Milwaukee, we have nothing but potholes. (laughs) Rad. Question number two. Are you ready? Yeah. Must see TV, even if I wasn't born yet. NBC's must see TV was truly... Well, must see in its day, and the beginning of that era is in part due to two programs, Cheers and Night Court. Your question, which Night Court actor made five guest appearances on Cheers in the 1980s? Okay. Harry Anderson. He played the magician guy. Harry the Hat? Yeah. Harry the Hat sounds correct to me. That's correct. Woohoo! Five appearances in the 80s, and then he made a sixth appearance in 1993, just to throw us off a little bit. (laughs) Very good. Two for two. These aren't too difficult, right? You're only racking your brain. You're only sweating a little bit. A little. I'm a little sweaty, yeah. Just slightly. Maybe it'll comfort you to know question three is going to be a movie question. It does. I called this one boldly going gray. We love Star Trek, you and I do, and I have no other fluff for this question, so let's get right to it. How many Star Trek films came out in theaters in the United States between 1981 and 1989? This is a multiple-choice question. Is it A, 2, B, 3, C, 4, 
D, 5, or E, 69? 69, dudes! So I'm definitely more of a Star Wars guy than a Star Trek guy, although I've seen all the Star mm-hmm. Trek movies and I enjoy them all. Love the characters, love the love the whole universe of Star Trek. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess four. There are four movies. I know you got Rathacon. I know there's uh Search for Spock. I know there's the damn humpback whale movie, The Voyage Home. Yeah, I'm going four. Going with four. Well, the first movie came out in 1979. You'll be happy to know that. Yeah. And you'll also be happy to know that four is the correct answer. Woohoo! And coincidentally, it was two, three, four, and five that were released in that time, and Star Trek 69 hasn't been made yet. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I got to know what the subtitle right. for that Star Trek movie would be. Double dumbass on you. Question number four is the choose your own adventure question. I'm you excited. get to pick your own destiny here, Zabe. The good news is I'm going to give you a choice for your next question. The bad news, I'm going to tell you straight up, these are not going to be questions in your wheelhouse. So they may be more difficult, but they are interesting trivia nonetheless. Okay. All right. Here are your options. Hack the system. That's a TV question. Or you can't fire me. I quit. Kind of. That'll be a movie question. Let's go movies. You might double back on that. But have you ever heard of a movie? (laughs) This is not the question for the record. This is a side question. Have you ever heard of a film called Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes? Have I heard of it? Yes. I've seen part of it on cable. Heard of it. Well, this question does deal with the movie Greystoke. I'm in trouble. (laughs) All right. Well, hopefully you'll have fun trying anyway. Yeah. Here's your question. Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes, co-writer Robert Town hated the final product so much that he did which of the following? Did he A, publicly threaten to beat up the director? B, challenge the executive producer to a duel? C, insist that he be credited as Alan Smithison, or D, put his dog's name down instead of his own as a writer of the film. Well, the last two are just too weird to not be true. Are they? <laughs> I think. <laughs> the first I... two are perfectly normal? Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. I, I could totally see someone wanting to beat somebody up. And, uh, you know, a duel is something you can say out of heat of the moment or... You don't really mean a duel, but you mean, you know, that could be hyperbole, right? But insisting your name to be what? Alan McEnroe? What's what's the Alan Smithy son? Alan Smithy son. That's just too weird and bizarre. Bobo, I think you're a very creative and smart guy. I don't think you'd throw that in, though. So I'm going to go with C. Alan Smith and son, son, son from who is it? Mr. Sinlinden? It's all ball bearings. Are you sure you want to go with C? I, I mean, I don't know the answer, and I'm totally guessing. My logic tells me to go with the weirdest one. I mean, the dog one was was on my radar, but I'm going to go with uh, C. Going to go with C, and I actually changed the name from Alan Smithy at the last second to Alan Smithy's son, because I thought that might be the one you'd go with. It's a trap! And unfortunately, oh. that is incorrect. I mm. fell for the trap! Dang it. Fell for the trap. If you had a second guess, though, would you have gone with D? I would have totally gone with the dog. Yeah. You might have to ask the judges if they'll give you a point because that's the correct answer. Oh, uh, judges? You get nothing and like it. Damn it. Okay. Those judges, man. Hard boy. They are heartless. But anyways, yes, he put his dog's name. He put his dog's name down instead of his own 
as a co-writer on the film. To this day, P.H. Vazic is the only dog to be nominated for an Oscar. Good dog. Wow. That's rad. That's great trivia. That is uh, that is wild stuff. Weird wild stuff. Ed, you all right over there? Yeah! Anyway, um, <laughs> question number five. We're getting in trouble here. Question no. number five. Coincidentally, something that uh, Johnny Carson was not a big fan of. This question is titled Saturday Night Dead. Saturday Night Live has been a mainstay on NBC for nearly 48 seasons. The show has revolutionized late-night comedy in innumerable ways and introduced us to hundreds of performers, many of them stand-up comedians. Your question, which of the following stand-ups has never hosted Saturday Night Live? Hosted, keyword. This is a multiple-choice question. A. Sam Kinison. B. Don Rickles. C. George Carlin. D. Jonathan Winters. Rickles jumped out at me. And so did Carlin, but I have some memory of George Carlin being on the show. I'm guessing, uh, and my guess would be Don Rickles. Unfortunately, that is incorrect. <sighs> January 28th, 1984, Don mm. Rickles hosted and uh, harassed John Madden, who was sitting in the front row that day. <laughs> uh, the correct answer, I was kind of surprised by this, but it was D, Jonathan Winters. Hmm, wow. Oddly I, enough, never hosted. I know Sam yeah, Kennison hosted. Yep, I, Kennison hosted November 15th, 1986. Carlin hosted twice, actually. October 11th, 1975, the very first episode of SNL. And November 10th, 1984, he came back and hosted again. So there we go. Not too bad, though. Three out of five. Did my best. So I, I got I to gotta know what the other Choose Your Adventure question would have been. Uh, uh, did I get that one right or wrong? Uh, that was the Greystoke one. That was wrong. Damn it. Well, it looks like I chose the wrong adventure then. He chose poorly. Well, thank you so much, Bobo, for lending your voice to the show. I appreciate it. That's some great trivia and great questions. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me again. And uh, I'll go with easier and multiple choice next time, I guess. <laughs> no, don't have mercy on me. It's okay. It's all good. Okay. I was lying anyway. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Thanks for helping out and guest hosting this segment, Bobo. If you would like to try your hand at guest hosting this segment and share your trivia knowledge of the fun things of Generation X, just like Bobo did here today, then send the judges an email to whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. Or, even better, go to our website at whowillsavegenx.com and leave us a voicemail. Just tap that blue microphone icon on the lower right part of your screen and leave us a message. Again, it's free to use, no risk to you, and we would love to hear your voice. Ask me a question. Let's see if I can get it right. Really, anything you have on your mind about the show, our generation, or whatever you want to share with us is free game. So reach out and just say hi. Reach out and touch Before we leave, we're going to reveal the answers to a past show, Power Struggle. In the home game, episode 11, we had a special guest named Jeff, who is the host of the awesome podcast called Stuff I Never Knew, Trivia Game Show Podcast. Jeff is a friend, a podcasting mentor, and an all-around great dude. Please check out his podcast at StuffIneverKnew.com. When Jeff was here for his episode, we had a power struggle question, and it sounded just like this. Hey, oh, let's go. Describe what Marcellus Wallace looks like. The aliens forced them to strip naked and seem to be conducting medical examinations. <laughs> let's reveal the answers now. Clip one is the song Let's Creek Bop by the Ramones. Clip two was Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction. 
Clip three was the great Robert Stack in Unsolved Mysteries. Clip four was Disney's Goofy and his iconic falling yelp. And finally, clip five was the sound effect for Pac-Man Death, which also happens to be the name of my garage band back in the 90s. We will reveal more Power Struggle answers on future episodes of The Challenging Stage. Well, that's it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed that new sneak reviews game we premiered today. We welcome you to contact us and let us know what you think of it, and if we should add this one to our stable of games or not. Your feedback is always appreciated, and thanks again for checking out the show. We hope you will share this show with that special Gen Xer in your life, and subscribe to the show for future episodes, where we will once again ask the question, who will save Generation X? Later! Sixty-four and still looking good, so we gotta ask. Do you still use the thigh master? I could crack walnuts with my thighs. <laughs> Where's your husband? Uh, he's got over there with a smashed face. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.